Greetings, fellow Slingers. Welcome back to World of Hard 20 Podcast. It is I, your trusted handler, Brian, welcoming you once again to another episode of our After Action Report. This time, the scenario, Deep Waters, by yours truly. Tonight, I get to sit down with fellow agents Coldwell and Ramirez as we talk about what brought us to this particular uh, adventure scenario, kind of the uh, the things that they, they had to uncover while they were on there and some of the decisions that they had to make. Uh, regarding towards the end of the final episode. By the way, if you haven't listened to that final episode, please don't start here. Start on episode one and work your way through uh, because this is full of all kinds of spoilers. And I don't want anybody out there to have the surprise spoiled. No, no, please don't. Because it's a good one. At least I thought so too. In fact, a lot of people that have written into the show had said that they really enjoyed it. Which reminds me, if you are a fan of the show, Please don't hesitate to head on over to our Patreon page and support us there if you can. Patreon.com slash RollTheHard20Podcast. I know, I hate to bring it up all the time, but you know what? If I don't, nobody's going to do it. I know my mama ain't going to do it, so I'm doing it for us. Anyways, I always digress. Moving on, don't forget we got our Dragon's Demand run through, which we're getting close to the end of. We've already kind of decided what we're going to do for the next few scenarios we got coming down the pike. One of them is a uh, an indie scenario by uh luna publishing called the doll maker and we have a special gm dm running that one and no it is not me i will in fact be studying for carrion crown book three broken moon so be sure to stay tuned for that one as well uh, i guess without any further delay let's warm up our dice and top off our glass as world heart 20 podcast presents deep waters after action report enjoy everybody But the problem is, is that, you know, it's like when they shut down the highway, you know, you, you have the same amount of cars going through, but now you have it with, you know, maybe two, three lanes. It doesn't change the volume of cars flow. It just changes, you know, we have to work harder and they don't want to change that. So yeah. And I said corporation brother Hunter yeah. comes in, Hunter goes out. doesn't matter who's doing them. They're going to get done. So, but that's what happens when you're an efficient individual like we are. Yeah. The Germans. Speaking of uh, Europe, how are we doing in uh, the Netherlands or Switzerland or whoever loves us? I don't know, honestly. I don't follow the news too much. And my my mother-in-law's husband, uh, the guy was just crying about something the other day. And I I tuned him out for like two hours when we were at the Tampa Bay Brewing Company. I was telling you we were going there. Yeah, yeah, he just, it's so funny. He ordered this calzone. It took us forever to get our food. And this thing shows up and it looked like a football. It was huge. And he's like, what is this? And he puts the knife and fork to it and it blew up. It like just, it was just <laughs> yeah. all dead hot air. It looked like that, that turkey on a Christmas vacation. Dude, I couldn't stop laughing. If Brandy's like trying to kick me under the table, it was so funny. And there was like nothing inside. <laughs> Like that ain't ricotta, baby. Yeah, he's like, uh, I think Calzone is not going to be their heavy seller. <laughs> it's a hot air balloon. It was so funny. It would just <laughs> exploded. So how's everyone been doing now? I've been good. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. 
I'm still breathing. So yeah, yeah we're still vertical, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, I it, get to be it, horizontal every once in a while, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, let me lead us in, and uh, we'll do this. Uh, greetings, fellow slingers. Welcome back to World of Hard Twenty Podcast. Is I your trusted handler, Brian, and with me the Hard Slingers. The Hell yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Okay. Uh, obviously, we want to do a an after action report. We try to do these anytime we do a Delta Green scenario uh, after we after it comes to its culmination. We usually put these things at the front of the next scenario, but because we're more localized and I'm not waiting for Sam and Tony, we're going to just, we're going to just do one ourselves. We'll basically talk about, you know, what went on with it and everything. But obviously we got our business as usual. Uh, before we begin, uh, I got a little package in the mail from a good friend of the show, fellow slinger, Gary Kilgore. Remember I told you he was sending me something out. Well, I made sure it wasn't ticking, wasn't ticking, didn't have white powder or anything like that. And he had mentioned that he was going to send this thing out. Well, it, it actually arrived today, or rather, they arrived today. So I opened up this box, and I was blown away by what I saw. And uh, let me show you guys. Oh, my God. Yeah. I uh, Actually, you know, let me read the note. He, he sent a note with it first. So let me do the note. So we can read the card before you get the gift. Greetings and salutations, fellow slingers. I listen to 20 different podcasts and I'm always looking for the next. Says my internet connection is unstable. Oh, I was like, let damn, me, he's building yeah. this word up. This is about let, to be good. Let me, let me know if I freeze up, guys. I listen to 20 different podcasts and I'm always looking for the next. I work anywhere from nine to 10 hours a day. And thankfully, my job gives me all the time that I need to listen to them. That being said, keep up all the hard work and great content. More than words to show my appreciation for you, for your hard work. Sorry. Uh, if you would be so kind as to choose one, one of these things, and please send the rest to the fellow slingers, that would be great. Your fellow Dragonborn Slinger, Rathgar, Bronze Scales, or Gash. Yeah. Anyway, More so he, than he words. made these, these things. Dude. Okay. okay. Oh, fucking chainmail! Yeah, they're fucking awesome. There's there's four of them. So sorry, Ryan, you ain't getting one because you don't listen to the show, anyways. <laughs> but inside, inside is a set of small dice. Ooh. And okay, hold on. Yeah, and a keychain. Oh All right. hell yeah, for on the ghost. Yeah, so he's like this one right here is a uh, jade gold dice. So nice. I'm, gonna let, I'm gonna let you guys pick which ones you want. Yeah, they're chess X. So wait, dice. Brian. So we know that Kilgore likes the podcast, right? He he's loves got an the awesome podcast. name. Yeah. And so he's building stuff out of chain mail, right? And that's what I mean. Appears. The the picture of this guy in my head is getting even more and more just like sexy orc. Yeah, I'm thinking drinking mead out of an actual horn. Yes. From mm -hmm. like like some kind of a minotaur. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of him with six six. Many many scantily mm -hmm. clad. Women, mammals. Or, or, it's 2020. You know, mammals. We, like. Don't don't judge my mammal. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so what we have is we got. I took the green dice because Delta. Green. I knew it. There you Damn go. it. You knew I had was gonna call dibs on green. You want the green ones? Nah, I'll pick a different one. Okay. Well, here's purple? the ones we have. We got jade and gold. We have. Uh, borealis royal purple gold, and we have. Oh glitter ruby gold so i don't know okay. if you guys can see these but i'll try to get them close to the camera Ooh. that's awesome 
So you guys tell me which ones you would like. Junior, what do you think? I will let you pick first, buddy. I like purple because I am from the South, and that's how we roll. That's, that's the middle right. one, right? Purple and gold, right? Get that purple, baby. This one? Yes. Okay. So one in the middle. Thank you. All right, All right Racky. We'll put yours over here. Junior, which one would you like? I'll take the ruby. That looks kind of cool. I like Is this it. all a big thing just to get our actual mailing addresses? He already had it because I sent him out a, uh, a sticker, a gold doubloon, and, and everything else. So yeah. and I'll, I'll give the last one out to Chris. Gary, thank you very much. From the show, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate it. And we love seeing stuff like this. We don't expect it. But I got to tell you, I it warms my heart because, you know, we, we have fun doing this show. But the, but the real reason why we do it is for the listeners. That's why we record it. It's because we think that we could put something out that people will enjoy. And obviously, you guys are enjoying it. Yeah, we got several hard slingers, that, fellow slingers that write into us and, and tell us, yeah, keep up the good work and this and that. Nobody's ever sent us chain mail, dice bags and dice. Um, I'm still chafing from that uh, full leather thong you somebody made no just kidding nobody sent me anything like that the bikini uh, well now you could use the keychain and put them in that way you know yeah i get shaved we get <laughs> enough we can like put together an entire samurai armor for you brian you know in and for all of you listeners out there obviously you can't see these bags via the the podcast but head on over to world hard 20 on youtube that's our channel and you can see what they look like i mean they're they're amazingly made i mean this is something that you might want to wrap a cat in or something like that yeah, you so, ain't stabbing through that yeah yeah anyway new chastity belt <laughs> totally thank you again i i like i said I, I really appreciate it thank you and i know the my hard slingers love it too thank you kind sir moving we're gonna on. name a npc after this man it must happen definitely we're gonna have to get something like that going in so i was mentioning to radke uh, what was it last week? I was telling you how True Detective was one of those uh, shows mm, yes. that really harkens back to Delta Green. I, Junior, we, you and I, we, we traded this set of DVDs back and forth. Well, you know what, man? Stop judging me for my <laughs> fucking technology, both of you. It's DVD. It's not Blu-ray or, or 4K or HK or MDT or whatever it is. You know, MHA. It's only MTV, BET. <laughs> I was just great. Keep- I was just grateful it wasn't on VHS because I don't I, have a VHS real, real, player. Real, real, man, real, real. Yeah. No, it just—it's funny because it, I think I lent you the DVDs because it was before we had Blu-rays. Before yeah. I bought the Blu-ray set, and I said, "Yeah, you know, you gotta—I'll send you the DVDs." Like, what the fuck is this DVD shit? You know, not even Blu-ray. So it's funny that we're at a point in time where that's becoming like the obsolete. Yeah, I remember because um, Tony's an attorney and. Sam and I and Tony had gone out to lunch and he was talking about one of his clients, how he had broken and stole all this stuff. I said, what do you do? Still like the, the VCR or something? He's like, what the fuck is a VCR? <laughs> Who steals that, man? I, sorry, this chair keeps leaking. I need a new chair. So I keep... What, they robbed his office? I don't know what it was. No, no, they... they a client of his because he's a defender of evil. Oh, um, he, this was the crime that the dude did. Yeah, yeah. So Tony was defending him. I said, what, you know... Why would anybody steal somebody's shit? You know, VCR is like, eh, nah, dude, nobody steals drugs. <laughs> Fucking, did you guys ever see the movie Grown Ups where she's trying to defend the guy and he's, they're like showing the video of the robbery and he's like, what? It's, I can't believe it's me, Dave Radke, robbing all these VCRs. <laughs> yeah. She's like, it looks pretty bad. <laughs> I, I don't know if I've seen it. Is that the one with Adam Sandler? That's, um, 
No, that uh, was um, role models. Role models. I'm thinking Stifler and uh, the other guy. Uh, oh, that never ages. Paul Rudd. Oh yeah. Yep. That's I'll have to check that out at some movie. point. They actually oh. do some LARPing in that movie because uh, McLovin's into it. I like McLovin. It's a decent flick. It's like a sleeper movie. So, uh, as everybody knows, we love Delta Green. We love Arc Dream Publishing. So, if you love them too, and you love us, head on over to either one of their websites, whether it's Arc Dream Publishing or their Delta Green website, and you will find, what is it? What? A us link there. to the show. Yep. We are, yep. We're on their website, so... You can find all of our, we're starting to post all of our earlier episodes. I'm just going to draw, start dropping them in chronological order because they obviously lead one into the next into the next. So if you like our Delta Green material, you can find it there as well. Be patient as uh, as they start producing them, though, because we can only drop so many at a time. Otherwise, they'd probably get bombarded with all that. But I'm really happy. Thank you again, uh, the Ivies. Rachel, Brian, Allen, show me those emails. That lady seemed really nice. Yeah, so that's very awesome. cool. Thank yeah, you. I think she's very the cool. wife of uh, of Shane, who's one of the creators, one of the co-creators of Delta Green. So, thank you again. Now back on track. Uh, we're back with an original scenario: Deep Waters, return of one original agent, Agent Coldwell, and we have a new agent, Agent Ramirez. And we also have a new environment. A freighter in the middle of the Alaskan Sea. How did everyone feel about? How did you guys feel about this? First of all, before we get into the after actions of everything that that pursued. The beginning half, I thought it was going to be a quick, you know, go in, figure out what's happening, maybe we could resolve it, and hopefully not abandon the ship but probably save some people on it, even though our instructions was nothing on the boat can leave. But the outcome, I, I wasn't expecting. Yeah, the twist ending was definitely, un, I was unprepared for, 100%. You know, it, I had envisioned originally this to be like two episodes, maybe three. I didn't think we'd have enough material for three. And uh, by the time we got to the fourth episode, which was going long, um, I didn't want to go into a fifth one, so we, we went into overtime on that. I actually started bringing things to a culmination. And so when you guys talk about that, that finale that occurred, by the way, we doesn't worry about spoilers because this is coming out after episode four drops anyways. Um, but originally I was going to have, I was wondering if you guys were going to start going to like the state rooms and stuff and looking through some of their, their personal effects because the, uh, the two individuals, Gomez and Gru, they they were the mission's security force and their rooms would have reflected that they they had uh cases in their foot lockers that had weapons they actually had c4 and shit in there oh yeah i was thinking you guys were going to find that and say okay this is what we're going to use to scuttle this thing you know i also thought you guys were going to at some point um you know i'll tell you nothing and just won't uh i thought you guys were going to go below decks and start looking for things and you guys would have found the demolition charges also but in those two guys's uh room you would have found empty bottles of booze and that was why uh they they were ta they were actually trying to stay slightly inebriated to a point because they didn't believe that they would be affected by the mind control of that extraterrestrial biological entity like trying to do that mind fucking thing you know 
Where so they those like, guys been out there for a long time before they called the Coast Guard or? No, not really. Um, it mm. doesn't specify it in the scenario itself, but they were probably only out there for maybe, maybe seven days, 10 days. Uh, they were looking in specific areas. And I think that I had made a mention of that when you guys saw the, uh, the map in the uh the wheelhouse there was also another map that was in the captain's uh personal cabin that would have mm -hmm. reflected a lot more information too but you guys didn't didn't go in there i, I have a question for you brian flip the script so we recorded one episode right and then we came back and we did two and three and then we came back and did four yeah. between one and two are you like me like if you get a break in between you're like you know what, because they're going this way, now I'm going to add this in. And you kind of like start developing different stuff. No, not, not between those. I actually had, um, I didn't railroad you. You guys had full run of the vessel to do whatever you wanted. But I had certain key dialogue things that would have been hit. Like had you gone to the disc first, what you saw in the disc was already in there. And when you got out of the disc you would have overheard the conversation between uh burke and tomlin when they were one guy's like that's a fucking fine of the century we're not getting rid of that thing you know and the other guy's like we should have dropped that thing back off the back of the boat you know you heard you heard that interaction that was going to happen anyways and then at one point he was going to tell you to meet him down in the engine room so these things that were going on and with gomez running around there were certain areas that had you been you would have seen him. You know, he wasn't like a ghost. He was in specific places during certain things. And I knew eventually if you guys went to the wheelhouse and talked to the first mate, you would trigger some kind of an interaction with him. And then you guys would actually guide each one of these conversations. They weren't, they weren't hardwired. It wasn't until we did the fourth episode that, uh, that things had to, to get more freehand. Like, I think I only went into that episode with like two sentences, two or three sentences. And then we just, <laughs> let's just do we'll this. The, know, the three of us. Were it was fun. The, the freezer thing. I really thought we were going to look back and he was going to be standing behind Junior, just like locked in. <laughs> well, like when the alien, like when all the lights went out and then they came back on, those were happening both to both of you agents at the same time. You know, the lights went out, and then they came back on with the red light. And then to Coldwell, the lights went off, it came back on with the red light. And that guy, that alien was like right in his face. Oh my God. You know, and just like <laughs> immediately made that mental connection. And you kind of, kind of saw what was going on in his mind and where he came from. And he just wanted to go home. And then at some point he disappeared, you know, and then he was anywhere. So when you called him mentally towards the end, you know, and he was up on top of the gantry and he just kind of came down and just got right in front of that guy's face and stuff. You know, it's just. So he was up on top of the big thing. Well, the, the middle boom that's in the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the middle of the ship, the, the crane, that's the gantry for loading mm -hmm. stuff. But yeah, that's where he was at, was up there in the dark. So and Damn, I, I knew at some point spot. I wanted the helicopter to start coming in. So you had like all these different things moving it was really time. good at the end it got like really i was like sweating at the end of that episode because it was so like high stress um i was wondering why was there any specific reason why it was uh coldwell that kept seeing the alien or was it just skills no at, at one point because you were in the wheelhouse and you wouldn't have he wouldn't have been in the wheelhouse he was still outside the ship 
he was trying to stay close to the disc. And so he wouldn't have gone inside, but he did go down below decks. When he was, when Burke had seen that little thing running around in the back of the engine room by where you guys came, that's what he saw. He saw that little, you know, alien kind of peeking around, wondering what's going on. And then it ran back up top deck. So it wasn't that Coldwell was singled out. He just happened to be on the exterior of the ship. Yeah, because I was so hiding out waiting for, uh, yeah, Pedro. Yeah, you were ready for him to, to pop his head up so you could play, you know, whack the mole no. with that guy. Obviously, Ramirez is not a fighter, so he was definitely, like, behind Coldwell the whole time. Um, and, and I'll say, like, some of the things, the creative ways that, that Ramirez tried to engage in that combat with, like, the flash on the phone, whether or not it would have happened... Um, I just liked it. it. It added so much to the cinematic experience that I was trying to bring across with like the gale wind and the, you know, the, the mist of water coming over and everything and the helicopter trying to hook up and this guy's firing and Coldwell's firing back. I just thought it was really cool. Just, you know, ah, you know, <laughs> missing the it. shots and stuff, trying to, ah. I was looking around and like, I had this idea that maybe he could find something to throw. And like, I didn't ask about a net. I'm like we're on a freaking shrimping boat, but it just like popped in my head the other day. I'm like, why didn't I ask about that? <laughs> well, the thing about it is, is, is from a distance, it looks like a shrimping boat, but it would never pass the scrutiny of somebody that knew what a shrimping boat looked like because it wasn't out there for shrimp. It was out there specifically to locate this disc. It was just a disguise. Yeah, it was just okay. You know, we have a, uh, you know, an identification number that says, yeah, this is this is a shrimping freighter. And we're supposed to be out here. We're supposed to be doing this, you know, all this stuff or whatever. But they're out there. Bing, 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 bing. You know, I'll say to me, too. Um, like, I feel like there's more questions now after the episode. Because, like, I want to know who these guys are. Who was he working for? The whole, like, what's the connection with the university? Where'd that come from? Like, there was a lot left out there that's like, oh, my. It's It, it was it was real written. Yeah, well, in, in the Miskatonic University is really big in, in H.P. Lovecraft's um, books and whatnot, you know, through Call of Cthulhu, as well as the Delta Green material. And it's a university in, in Massachusetts that, from my understanding, they deal with a lot of the stuff, or they're always involved with the unnatural at some point. And there's also a, another uh, another entity called the, uh, the Coral Nomad Unit, which is... They go and they try to po procure unusual things to try to weaponize them. And that's why when you were talking with Gomez and he was like, we don't really give a fuck about the alien. We got, you know, 20 live and 50 on ice. It doesn't, we want the shit. You know, that's yeah. what we want. We want the disc. That's what we need. You know, that reminds so, me of uh, what, what what film was it where they get Loki staff and they're using it or one of them they got the thing it's the Marvel and they start making uh, uh, weapons out of it. Uh, oh, the little uh, German guy. Yeah, that was the beginning of Age of Ultron. Yeah. And they made the twins. They gave they like accessed their power through the Mind Stone. Was it the Mind Stone? Like, no, it was the yeah, it's the Mind Stone Dalton's. that's in the staff. Mm. Without any the of mine? that, you I thought the mine was. Uh, I thought the mine was. Uh, what you were saying? Uh, what's his name? 
Vision? Vision, yeah. I thought his was the Mind Stone. It I thought is, that was but the that's soul. where they got it was out of the staff. Oh. Yeah, they that's how he was uh they were able to change people by touching their chest with the staff. Mm-hmm. Remember they did that to Hawkeye and, and to yeah. Dr. Eric Emmerich or whatever his name is. Because it had the Mind Stone in the staff. If I'm wrong, guys, let me know right into the show. Right, we'll right in on that cast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Call in. Yeah. So that that's what the university would be that's doing or whatever the uh, entity you were talking about. They're taking that weird alien stuff and turning it into explosives and mind control crap. Yeah. And in fact, a, a lot of the stuff that... Uh, like this is all the behind the scenes and, and whatnot, but a lot of the things that I gleaned for uh, how the ship, how the disc was brought down with the whole Philadelphia experiment and the telling gas resonator is stuff that I, I gleaned from reading the Delta Green Eyes Only book. Um, it's actually an older book. I think they're supposed to reprint it or whatever, but it's in there. It talks about the uh, Project Rainbow, which was the Philadelphia Philadelphia experiment and also another book that I read was called alien agenda it's like a fic- fictional book but it's kind of written where a lot of it seems real but they talk about how you know some of the soldiers after after the project rainbow they use this telling gas resonator out in the middle of Nevada and they were just like shooting it off in the sky these drunk GIs and there was some UFO flying around they shot it down with this thing and it brought it down and they realized hey, we can do this. And so they start using the, these things to start bringing down the UFOs and stuff. And it's like, it's the book is kind of peppered with, I guess you want to call it facts if you believe in UFOs. But like at one point, there was like a flap of UFOs over Washington, D.C. in like the, the early 50s. And they were saying that, you know, while they were bringing all these these UFOs down, I guess the aliens got pissed. So they, they, showed, they did a show of force and went over the... Uh, over the Capitol and just held it. But there's actual pictures of that. If you ever get a chance to look those up. Yeah, you Bracky. sent me down a, a rabbit hole with that the other night. Yeah. So Dude, those are amazing rabbit holes. I love going down those. Time consuming. They t- definitely <laughs> take like a few hours. Then you go into work and you're like, have you, you guys ever heard of this? They're like, nah, just no, there, you're done. So Heisenberg did surface up after uh, kind of going almost on the lamb with the other two agents from the sweetness scenario. And he kind of came in to, to brief both of you, which kind of gives you an idea that at some point both teams may intercede, you know, with one another's missions at some point, which would be kind of cool. I mean, they don't even have to be part of the, the initial scenario. They do a little PVP action. Yeah. Well, not, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, yeah, I'm trying to decide what we're going to do with, with the next scenario, I think I may run them through Future Perfect 2 and use uh, Gaslight for you guys. So, well, I was listening to Sweetness, and it seemed like you've got like a little uh, background stuff going with them, too, where there was like another handler that's actually handling them or something. And then Heisenberg was like, don't talk to that person. They're burned or something. And uh, so it's like you got a whole backstory going on with those guys, too. Yeah, and that's the thing. Both of those agents are now on the run. Uh, they can't nice. go back home because, you know, and they made arrangements to have their families sequestered and taken care of so that they can't be gotten to through their families. And until they find out who this uh, handler Anna worked for or what she does, which I do know, and either deal with her or, or find some kind of a 
a common ground where they get back in the good graces of the agency. So, and that's where she made her mistake. And I'll give kudos to Tony for picking up on that, where she called it, you know, Delta Green. She didn't call mm -hmm. it the agency because nobody identifies the agency. So the agency doesn't exist. That's true. It doesn't. I mean, from like the cowboy perspective, it's just straight up uh, word of mouth. You really don't know who's answering to who. You just know you're part of a of a cell. And I know that like in the Delta Green book proper, uh, they have different cells like A cell, G cell, D cell. And everybody's name starts with that letter. So like if you're part of agent or cell G, you'd have like Gomez and Garamo and Galt, you know, agent Galt. You know, you just have all these G names and stuff. So if you're part of like, you know, the A cell or the, in it, how close you are to the letter A is how high up you are also. Like A cell is premier. Z cell is probably like <laughs> Zillow. <laughs> yeah. You're done. You know, I need you to stop sweeping that hallway and go out and take care of this thing. Go empty Listen, there could be aliens in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep it up. Listen here, Zach. After the halls are looking like shit. You need to sweep that shit up. That's Zach, right. Zoltron, get your asses out back. Agent Zoltron. <laughs> Did you guys read the book uh, Jennifer Jennifer Government? I have not. I haven't even heard of it. I that. haven't. That's like in the future where corporations own everything and even the government is a, a corporation. So like if you work for them, like there's a guy who's like John Nike and like Franklin McDonald's, whatever, like your last name is who you work for. So she's Jennifer oh, Government. Shit. But oh. he pays these kids to go like blast somebody to like create a uh, false demand for some Nike shoes. And then she's like tracking it down. Um, but what you were saying about the names, it just reminded me of it. That's really cool. That sounds very interesting. It's like a thriller mystery, huh? It's a good book. Yeah. And then she she doesn't even have money. She has to go out and like, I don't even know how she gets it, but she has to like get oh, we her know. money to do things. Oh, buddy. <laughs> yeah. The screens, Lady. son. Lady of the night. I'm just going to say this. And if anybody that's been listening oh, to the show long enough knows that we are not politically correct at all. I'm sorry. Okay. And I no have no desire to kowtow to anybody for that reason. <laughs> That's why we have fun because we're joking. We joke. That's why there's a mature tag on it, people. There is. I think we would have subtitles too. Um, anyway, so Heisenberg had resurfaced and, and informed both of you about this time sensitive case uh, about getting to the Aqua Fortune, the shrimping freighter. And by the time you got out to it, you only had eight hours to get your get it under wraps and get whatever you had to do done. The problem is once you started the clock out there, there was no getting off. You you had to wait out the eight hours. So right out of the gate, you guys knew something was wrong basically by knowing about the May Day that was sent out to the Coast Guard and everything where there was supposedly two dead and one in really bad shape. Um, so when you, yeah, right, when you guys actually got out there though, I mean, what was your thoughts with the crew and the, you know, what, what was your take when you first started engaging with these people? June? Yep. June. Oh, uh, I thought they were a little more proper than the run-of-the-mill fishermen. I mean, I don't think, I think Racky picked up on the hands portion, mm -hmm. but it didn't seem like they were catching on to, like, doing actual fishing work. It It just didn't make sense. It didn't add up. Especially how, like, how you describe the captain, or sorry, the first mate, because the captain was one of the guys that ended up 
being in wig mode. Yeah, he well, he ended up dying. He was the one that was dead. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think the doctor was the one that that just went wiggy, which Agent Coldwell settled for him. Yeah. Um, But yeah, the the captain in the first mate settled a little something with the old pistol whip. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, the the captain and the first mate were actually they can actually pilot the, the the vessel, but that's they weren't shrimpers. They were just enlisted by the company to do that. Uh, the other ones were scientists, and then finally the last two uh, were were the security people. But what about what about you, Agent Ramirez? What did you think when you first came on board? Because these guys um, were acting squirrely as hell, you know. Yes, I think he hit it on the head. Kind of, they were acting different than I assumed they would be. So there was more to it, and um, that's why I kind of went on the offensive of like, I think you murdered these people. You need to explain to me what happened. Um, and I don't, I don't know from the dossier, we kind of had a good idea of what we were walking into, but this game is cool, man. I, I like this game. It's, it's definitely more, uh, you're just flying by the seat of your pants and anything you can kind of like, I imagine there's a chair here that I would sit in. Maybe there is. Um, and I like that free play. Yeah. I, I like the fact that it's not all about rolling for initiative and, and moving from one combat scene to the next to the next because you've only got like a literally a, a thimble full of health you know the hit mm-hmm. points are always really low and so bullets are deadly grenades are beyond deadly and you know certain weapons they have a lethality rating that if you hit somebody with the weapon you and you roll the percentage dice if it gets under that percentage it outright kills the target I mean, that's it. I mean, yeah, we learned that with that pistol whip. That's what it would be in real life, right? Like, (laughs) yeah, it's not like the movies. Like, you get shot in real life, you're not going to be like, all right, now I'm just not going to use this arm, but I'll still beat up these guys. Yeah, give it a few minutes, it'll regen, you know, it'll heal itself up and whatnot. But no, it's a little blood on the shirt. I really enjoy this game. I, you know, once I, once I heard about it, I was like, that sounds like an an unusual name of a game. And I'm just kind of curious what it's like because i'd never heard so i did some research and somebody had left a an amazon review and i it said something like uh you know it's a cross between true detective and the x files and and some other stuff and it said you know basically in all my dreams i'm guilty period flat out you know for all the things i do and i think that i'm paraphrasing obviously but i think that's so awesome because me personally, I always thought of my dreams as like a James Bond movie that that earned the hard R, you know, with all the stuff that goes on and, and shit, you know, that's in my mind. And this game just really evokes that that feeling of, you know, desperation because you're not saving anything, you're postponing it. Yeah, so, I have uh, yeah. questions about that, but so you're not the PG-13 guy in your dreams? You're not Definitely. the guy that we're nope. all really hoping yeah. gets the girl. And and I'm always guilty in my dreams. And I just think that's such <laughs> an awesome way of describing the game. I mean, you should pick up the handler's guide if you can. like Or, or pick up the, the set. Uh, because they have like little blurps at the beginning of, uh, of each chapter and everything. And they talk about like some dude makes a break through the mirror room and makes the jump and winds up in some far escape you know and he, he's just stuck there he doesn't know what to do he's got like an eye like twilight zone to me yeah. yeah it's 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 just really cool some of the stuff where they talk about like how 
you know, these two agents had to go and, and like break into this museum and steal this artifact yes. and take it back to like a, like some construction site and burn it at night where nobody could see them burn it because it already cost them the rest of their team. You know, it's just like, wow, what was this thing? You know? And, you know, you just imagine these two people just fucking wiped out. It was like the, the, the Hail Mary throwing the bomb, you know, like we're going to break in to this museum. We're going to steal this thing. Even if it costs us our lives, we're going to destroy this thing. So nobody else gets this thing. And it's, right, a, it's a bigger picture. We got two minutes to break in, get out. What song should we play? Exactly. <laughs> Ain't that a kick in the head? <laughs> Yeah, like it's a uh, the Hudson Hawk. Yeah, good call. There you go, always remember, give me always that makes it gold doubloon for that one, man. Dude, it's awesome. Love that movie. What did, did I actually, give you that movie? I song, showed you that movie. Yeah, you yeah. let me borrow it. The the actual song he played was uh "Swinging on a Star." So would star. you like to swing, swing on, on a star? Yeah. You remember that movie too? Fuck yeah, Shit, man. yeah, man! Remember what he says to Aunt, what was it, Andy Andy McDermott? She was McDowell. cute for a little Andy McDowell. He's like, would you play Nintendo with me? <laughs> well, that was the whole oh, thing true. throughout the movie. And his yeah. buddy, uh, Danny Aiello, was like, so you just got out of prison. What do you want to do? You want to pick up some chicks? Play a little Nintendo? <laughs> Go to Captain Bob's. Get Captain Yeah, pick up some chicks. Get a little, uh, but every third thing he said is like, you want to pick up some chicks? <laughs> Danny Aiello, man. I wonder if that guy's still making movies. I don't know. I don't even know if he's still pumping oxygen, but <laughs> who knows? Um, Good movie, though, guys. Watch Hudson think, Hawk. Hell yeah. Um, I think I missed a little bit of, like, character portrayal stuff because I don't know if there's rules for it, but, like, just coming out of that helicopter, I started taking damage, and I just rolled with it. I'm like, okay, he busted his ankle. I actually saw, like, I think it was the same night, somebody at my kid's soccer practice broke their ankle. And you heard that like nasty snap ooh. and the dude had to be walked out. And I was like, Ooh, that's what happened to Ramirez. Yeah. And, um, I don't know if there's like rules. Cause then I got shot later on in episode four. Um, and I like it, at some point, Brian, is it like, okay, now you're negative 10 to all rules or 10% or something. You know, and honestly, I, I, your mobility would have suffered. And when you're in the heat of the battle, I'm imagining that your adrenaline is keeping you vertical until you, can't be and there's a, there are rules that once you get down so many points that you're you become uh almost incapacitated like where you go you unconscious and then after that then you die uh basically from blood loss or shock or whatnot but my thought process behind that was eventually as you guys were still in that that zodiac that helicopter that was originally going to come and get you guys did come and get you guys and brought you back to the mainland, which is when you guys were in that motel. And then eventually you would have been uh, ambulanced at that point and, and nursed back to health. So I was thinking about that too. Cause freaking, I was listening to the, the I think it was the sweetness or maybe, you no, know, it was the one, um, sins of, sins our of father. the father. <laughs> and you made him call in. Um, you made him call in like a family friend. Cause the dude is, a uh, um, uh, the Japanese mafia. And I was like, so how the hell did we get, uh, you know, how did we get uh, patched up? Ichi. <laughs> the, the helicopter. And it's funny because we were kind of glossing over all that back in. That just, I imagine that you guys had got in the water with the Zodiac 
and got away from this ship that was sinking down. Hell yeah. Then we did the epilogue. You wake up one morning and you guys are both in a hotel room where you've been asked to stay. And then you get the note that says, you know, mission accomplished or whatever. You get the feeling it, it had been like a couple of days. So during that interim, you didn't see the helicopter come in. It's just one of those things where you you make the analytical leap that that eventually your rendezvous chopper came in and got you guys and got you the help you needed. So because you get a, there's there's cells all over. They're not just they're not displaying banners or whatnot, but they have ways of contacting other people. Like the chopper pilot could have contacted Heisenberg, who could have got somebody who was a friendly to the agency, you know, because that's how they found out about this to begin with. Was a friendly in the Coast Guard had intercepted the Mayday, passed it on to Delta, you know, to Delta Green, and said, so "We can sit on this for 24 hours, but after that, we have to give this up." You know, and most likely that that radio operator probably got court-martialed for not following it. You know, because eventually when they send it up, only they're going to go out there and there's going to be no fucking vessel. That's gone. That sucks a, for that guy. Yeah, I have a question. Yeah. Do you know exactly what would have happened if we aided this alien and sent him on his way home? Well, or the, at least the disc there had been away. Yeah. yeah. Well, the disc or wasn't going anywhere. I'll, I'll give you that right now. It was inoperable. It would not fly. Otherwise, he would have already been out of there by now because he had the ability to do that. Now, whether or not it needed all three pilots, highly improbable. It probably would have only required one. But if you had taken him back with you, they would have dropped you off in the, you know, from the chopper to get help. But they would have kept the alien on the chopper and taken him somewhere. You know, so he wouldn't have stayed with you as as like. BJ and the bear shit. Oh, you know, come on. I wanted to take fucking... him home. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was like saying. A... It's like American dad. Yeah. yeah no, could pick it... up chicks, play the N64. Yeah. Play Nintendo. <laughs> play um, Nintendo. <laughs> nice. Um, but like no, having this... I, w I was curious if you were going to take him with you, Junior. I was, I was like, is he going to bring him, you know, or is he really going to let him die? You know, I, and, and that's going to be something that... hard. Yeah. That's going to be something. I felt like I was literally like pulling you off of that boat. It was really like that. I got to say, not to self promote, like that was a great scene, man. You're over there having your. I'm like, we got to go. Yeah, and you're like, like we're going to get the like fuck out of this. <laughs> Holding your, can your camera up. We got to go. <laughs> I'm taking a go. selfie. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get the right filter. Hold on. Okay, we got to go. Yeah, well, the, I, the way I, I felt, the, like how Coldwell felt was, you know, this guy ended up. I asked for his help, like, however he communicated and got into my mind to community establish, you know, hey, like, I'm a friendly, I just want to go home. Yeah. And how I saw that he got shot down, I'm like, I felt empathy. I was like, dude, like, I feel for you. It's like, we're on a mission. But at the same time, like, I called for his help. I was like, dude, if you're out here, you know, yeah, he got slashed. Down, like, yeah, he got or something like that. Yeah, he, he helped was... us take down uh ooh, Pedro. Gomez. Gomez. Pedro. Gomez. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as soon as we realized that it wasn't the alien that was killing those guys, that's when it was like, okay, this is a game changer. That was See, the that, big like thing. That's exactly what yeah. I was trying to convey is that you had two things that were that were kind of variables on the ship. You know, you had the alien and you had what's that tapping noise? You hear that tap? Is that me? Maybe? No, I might have been bouncing my leg. No, no, I think it I think it might be this. Whatever. 
Uh, but that, that's what I wanted. I had two things. I had the alien that was kind of running loose on the ship. And then I had Gomez was running loose. And you weren't really sure who was killing whom. But I knew who was killing him. You know, at that point, he was supposed to maintain the integrity of the mission. If it went sideways, he was there to take them all out. So this is really weird. I got to unplug this really quick. I really felt like that NPC in the, um, I think it was the wheelhouse, that we went, we talked to him, and then we left. It, I felt like it was going to be like a video game because remember we went back like we'll just go talk to that guy again and we'll call him and we get back and he was dead. I was like, fuck, it's not like a video game. Like something has changed. Yeah, his quest line ended <laughs> and all yeah. that stuff was was removed. I almost feel like yeah, it's yeah, my yeah. microphone that's making a noise here. Like, Oops. Kilgore uh, brought in a wiretap. That's what it is. You need to go through those yeah. chain mail. Yeah. yeah, right. It's too close to the microphone. <laughs> Um, I think it's back. I think we're okay now. I might have accidentally hit the, the cable or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I, I liked how that you guys were going through and trying to figure out who the culprit was. You know, that's that's exactly what I was going for with that. So, And I like I be... said, Coldwell, he's going to get fucked up for leaving that guy behind. So that's going to be like, you know, you have to burn, either take the sand hit or burn a bond, you know. So we'll decide that. Dude, I tell you, Delta Green, no matter if you do things right or wrong, you're always going to take sandy points. Yeah. Well, since, since since you brought that up, like, there's no way to get sanity back. Right? Mm -hmm. Besides, like, hardcore psychiatric uh, help. No, you can, get, you can get your sanity back over time. Mm -hmm. Like, over days, it starts to regen. Um, but as far as... Because you could uh, defer so many of those sanity points that are lost you could burn bonds meaning that like if you have so many points in like an uh, a sister or a child or whatever if you start taking sanity you could burn some of those points off the bond which means that your relationship with that person will suffer and that's something that's played like out of out of the campaign you know like we would put together if we wanted to do like a home campaign or whatever how you know maybe you burned a bond with a child and that child no longer trusts you because you're you started drinking or something or you oh you know, i got like, i know uh, exactly because I'll, I'll run it for you so my bond is my daughter and my motivation is selling books writing figuring people out and alcohol so one of the things I was thinking was like after this, he's got all this information in his head. I think his process is probably to go and like, have you ever seen uh, Leaving Las Vegas? Yeah, uh, Nicolas Cage. Good you movie. know that part? Like hell yeah, he's uh, in the liquor store and he's just like dancing and he's getting all the liquor and he's like filling up the shopping cart and uh, I don't know what song's playing, but you know he's just gonna go get effed up in Las Vegas. I feel like. Like Ramirez is probably doing that. He's just drinking. He's banging it out on a laptop, like halfway sober, wakes up in the morning, reads what he wrote. Some of it's coherent, some not. But like at the end of this bender, he's got his whole new manuscript. And um, that's like what his thing is. Um, and that's I don't his know. Process. Yeah. Like yeah, if you're yeah. so one, in one that, your, he's not spending time with his daughter. And one of your bonds doesn't even have to be your daughter. It could also be your publisher. You know things like that but you didn't take that that kind like even though you took some sanity hit now yeah even um, though you took some sanity that will that'll re replenish over time 
Coldwell, what he's going to take, though, is going to be on the, uh, I think it's on the, the what? Man love. Oh, <laughs> I don't think it's it's willpower. I'll have to look in the book, but there's a there's a point where it's it, it's only when you get close to your breaking point, though. Like if you start dipping down below your breaking point, you'll start having effects like on the spot. Like if you're in the middle Episodes. of a firefight and shit and you see somebody get blown away, you know, you take sanity from that because people just I mean, even if you kill somebody, you still take sanity. Uh, Dude, I was getting close to my breaking point, too. And if you do get close to your breaking point, then if you go below it, you could start burning those bonds to keep you above it, you know, to the point where you, you completely burn the bond. And that's something that's totally plausible to do. But neither one of you, I think, I don't know how close you were to that bond break, so, or to that, that blow that breaking sanity point. line. Yeah. What are your, uh, what are your bonds there, Coldwell? I have my son and my partner Bubba. Those were my uh, two things. Work is kind of my uh, main thing. I already burnt the bond with the wife, so mm. <laughs> you're gonna come back and Bubba's like, "Where you been, man? You got this new coat? Like, we, we, we you want a fur coat in Vegas or something?" That's right. Like, it looks awfully right. warm. Been hanging out with some cool guy in like the uh, what is it? The handler screen that says something about uh different ways of, of losing sanity. One is like killing an unarmed civilian. Another one is like witnessing the unnatural. Another one is throwing a deceased partner into an incinerator. Oh, now, that is like the weirdest example. And it's like in the middle of the stack. Sorry, the I got Chinese shit food. Right there. Kill me. Oh. Um, but yeah, it's like totally weird shit that some of the stuff that they come up with and it's, it's amazing. This shit is awesome. This, you just sit there and I just could look see at that. I could see that going down with like, with Ichi's storyline in the sense of like how they always did the uh, what was he part of the Azusa, Yakuza, Yakuza. The Azusa. Like, <laughs> He's with Subaru now, man. He He's switched. Diff different game. Yeah, but like if something went sideways and they had to like dispose of the body or something, yeah, I could man. see them like trying to cover their tracks like that way. They always say it's like your your best friend that comes and gets you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, like in Sins of the Father, it's funny that you just listened to that, how they were in that firefight in that hallway. And, I mean, they were taking mass fucking damage to the point where they were. I imagined an entire white clinical mm -hmm. uh, like hallway just smeared with blood everywhere. And their blood and they're bleeding out and they're trying to decide what to do with the the sim chip and break it and shove it up their ass and stuff it's so what did he call it the the prison wallet that's yeah what's that's right <laughs> it was just so funny and they had like a list of stuff that they had to do and i think they got like two or three of them so it was kind of i was gonna funny. say that's yeah that's like still open because i don't did they kill the scientist guy nope they, they yeah, took so... the relays and they they took something else i can't remember what the other thing was that they had grabbed but I think they only did two of the three to have destroyed the 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 main panel um, was actually in the room that they were next to. All they had to do was destroy the the mainframe, and then there was some. They had to take the notes regarding the temporal dis, uh, temporal field displacement device, and they had to they had to kill Hisley. And then I think at the beginning of Victim of the Art, I went through like the act 
after action report and basically described how you know Hitler would have gone back in time and booted Hitler's father and by by cock blocking him and, and then being nice. his mother so that's why he was the father of the of like the clone or not the clone but the, the body double of Hitler so he was technically the father but he was just the father of the body double is and that out? I need to listen to that one. Yeah, it was been out for like a year and a half, I think, something like that. Okay, I've just done the sweet. By the way, this is an unofficial after action report for both of those Delta Greens as well. Yeah, if you <laughs> want to listen to those, they're out there. In fact, I think we did a, an after action on Future Perfect with Sweetness at the beginning of Sweetness. We did that, so every time I would get with those guys, we'd kind of go over what we did last time and whatnot. So. I like that one thing he did too. This was pretty cool. You asked, like, how is it going with your wife? And he's like, I'm going to roll. I was like, nice, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's see how it's going. Yeah. Um, that that kind of spontaneous stuff. I mean, because you don't know. It, it could be a 20, it could be a 10. Who knows? Yeah. You know, anytime I play with those guys and, and both of you as well, it's, it's a real pleasure because the role playing is really high. The interaction, I mean, those two and I have been playing for. <laughs> How old am I? So like 35 years, I think we've been playing different games and shit. So it's the start of uh, the game. <laughs> yeah. So we have, so we have like a shorthand, you know, obviously doing all the stuff we do, but it's, I know what I'm getting when we sit down and play. So just like with both of you, I know what I had no, no hesitation about bringing you guys both in for this and doing this, because this is what I want to start doing more of anyways, is, is having you two guys run your agents, um, and go through different scenarios, whether they're published or homebrewed. So when you, you said like shorthand and I mean, I'm the newest person on the network anyways. So, um, like I would like to get that shorthand going with, uh, junior because I, f I feel like we would actually hang out in real life. Yeah. And I think I told that to junior that you're like the closest thing that, that I've seen that's, that's like us. And I told that to Brandy too. She's like, Oh, that's great. You know, that's what you need. Another one of you guys. Not yeah. another one. Yeah. Yeah. Another husband. You don't need any <laughs> encouragement, but that's, that's definitely something that I like doing is, is running things like this because it's really hard to get Sam and, and Tony together, you know, even via zoom for, to spend like hours to do. Whereas with us, we could do it like in short little bursts and still not the quality of it won't suffer the integrity will still be intact of anything we put together. And we proved that with this up with this scenario where we're able to record and then record two more episodes back to back and then record the fourth episode, right. You know, like a week later and stuff and then do this. This is fun. To, yeah. yeah it's, so it all comes full circle and, and I have no qualms about running another one with you guys too. So, and once we tie up their loose end, then they'll be freed up to join us as well. You know, whenever they want to, drop in or drop out so yeah so lesson learned what might take normal people two episode took us four <laughs> yeah. we're going yeah. for 10 on the we're next going. one baby well we went into overtime so like look at this box isn't this an interesting box let's go look at this you're like what the <laughs> fuck are you doing this thing? Yeah. you guys were checking the trash can and shit i was like okay <laughs> he loves alcohol it's one of his things yeah I don't know. The the picture I have in my mind is like this guy who's just such a slob. Like, day drinking is not a problem for Romeo Ramirez. It's more of a solution. Yeah, definitely for, for this chaotic society we live in. Everybody needs a liquid Band-Aid. 
Um, but other than that, uh, I want to remind all of our listeners out there, don't forget, head on over to Arc Dream Publishing website and Delta Green website. Click on our links. We're there. Uh, anything else you guys want to add before we kiss the virtual live destiny goodnight? Find us in the wild on social media. We are there. Bradkey's all over that thing too, man. Every time I turn around, I see my name pop up. Every, every time I see something that's uh, mildly homosexual, Ryan Bacon. <laughs> Tagging you and everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, He's like, could you not that. do that, please? <laughs> no, I was gonna, I was gonna drop something else, but I, I don't want to do that. We'll do that off there because we already know what we're doing. I gotta link up with Junior on uh, something though. I don't. Are you on Facebook, man? No, not Facebook. Brian's friend list, because I do stalk. Brian's friend list is uh, private, so I'm like looking for the other guys, and I can't find Chris. I can't find Ryan. I can't find you. I think Ryan is fake. Anyways, so good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. Thank you for joining us once again on Roll the Hard 20 Podcast. Remember, you can find us and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Podcasts, and Audible. And if you like what you're listening to, leave us that five-star rating and review. We've also got a YouTube channel at Roll the Hard 20, so if you're into watching, head on over there and hit that like bell, and don't forget to subscribe. We can also be found in the wild on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, so don't forget to check us out and look for us out there. You can also contact the show directly at RollTheHard20Podcast at gmail.com or head on over to the website at RollTheHard20Podcast.com where you can also download the current show directly and view our archives and galleries. we got a lot of interesting stuff posted there, so head on over. And finally, join us on our Patreon page at Patreon.com slash RollTheHard20Podcast where you can become a hard slinger and pick up swag. So, until next session, keep your dice warm and your glass topped off as you roll those hard 20s.